الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ضرب الله مثلا للذين كفروا امرأة نوح وامرأة لوط كانتا تحت عبدين من عبادنا الصالحين فخانتاهما فلم يغنيا عنهما من الله شيئا وقيل ادخل النار مع الداخلين وقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ما بين خلق آدم إلى قيام الساعة أمر أكبر من الدجال وقال تعالى فهل ينظرون إلا الساعة أن تأتيهم بغتة فقد جاء أشراطها صدق الله صدق الله مولانا العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الحبيب الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين ونرب العلماء رسبت الحفاظ بلمر بردس الالدس اي صحابي رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم by the name of نواس بن سمعان رضي الله تعالى عنه نريت حديث which is recorded in Sahih Muslim he says one morning the Rasul of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he addressed us he advised us he delivered a sermon he gave a bayan the topic that morning ذَكَرَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ ذَاتَ غَدَاتٍ الدَّجَّالِ the topic that morning was regarding a man a person a human who we all know as Dajjal نبي عليه الصلاة والسلام فخفض فيه ورفعه نبي عليه الصلاة والسلام went into detail sometimes he raised his voice sometimes he lowered his voice sometimes he showed the matters of Dajjal to be severe and from some aspects he showed the matters of Dajjal to be light and insignificant the Nabi Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam explained all the details to the extent Nawaz bin Sam'an radiyallahu anhu says حَتَّى ظَنَنَّاهُ فِي طَائِفَةِ النَّخْلِ To the extent, he gave us so much of detail, we thought Dajjal is, one, is in one of the date palms of Medina. We thought he was hiding right here for the Rasul of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to go into such detail. Later on that day, Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam met us and he saw that we, our condition was different. We were frightened, we were taken aback, We, our hearts were gripped with fear. He mentioned, what's the matter? Why do I see your, your condition has changed? So the Sahaba radiallahu anhum replied this morning, you discussed issues pertaining to Dajjal with so much of detail. This has caused some fright, some fear, some worry, some anxiety to envelop our hearts because of which our condition has changed. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he addressed the Sahaba and he told them, oh my Sahaba, Let me tell you a few things. This ought to grip your heart with fear, but يخرج وأنا فيكم. Let me make it clear. If Dajjal appears, whilst I'm amongst you, whilst I'm alive, فأنا حجيجكم. Then I, فأنا حجيجه دونكم. I will sort things out. I will debate with him. I will ward him off. I will push away all his evil. But ويخرج ولست فيكم. If he has to come out at the time. When I've already left this world, every man will have to fight for himself. You will have to defend yourself. 
You have to put up your armor. You have to use some form of weaponry to protect and guard yourself against this fitna of Dajjal. And as we know, Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam has left this world. So this hadith applies to every one of us. But Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, with any, without any weaponry, without something through which we could arm, defend and guard ourselves. What did he say? He said, your first weapon is if any one of you happen to cross paths, happen to see Dajjal, meet Dajjal, come into a confrontation with Dajjal, then فَلْيَقْرَأْ عَلَيْهِ بِفَوَاتِحِ سُورَةِ الْكَهْفِ Your first form of defense is recite the beginning verses of Surah Al-Kahf. Surah Al-Kahf, a surah that appears in the 15 juz and power of the Qur'an al a surah which Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam had advised and encouraged us to recite on a Friday, the virtue being, if you recite this surah, Allah will grant you protection against any and every fitna, even if it be the fitna of Dajjal. All you got to do is recite the surah on a Friday, beginning to end. And this protection, this sort of immunization will last you for one week till the next Friday. When the next Friday, the next Jumu'ah comes, you're going to have to renew that protection of yours. And that will last you for another week. Every Friday you keep doing this, Allah will guarantee you protection against all fitna. Like the people mentioned in Surah Al-Kahf, the people of the cave, they were protected against the fitna of their age and time. The virtue of the surah is you'll also be protected against any fitna. So this is the first thing Nabi Wasallam explained. And then he went into depth, into detail, and mentioned a lot of things regarding Dajjal. And the Sahabi Nawaz bin Sam'an radiallahu anhu, he goes on to explain what Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said regarding Dajjal. So he gave a description, إِنَّهُ شَابٌ قَتِتْ He's a young man. Dajjal is alive. Dajjal is a human being. He's not a spirit. He's not some type of an ideology. He's alive. A sahabi of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Tamim Dari radiallahu anhu, his ship went through, he had, he had suffered a shipwreck, and the ship landed, at, there was some storm at sea, because of which the ship had to land on a certain island, and he happened to meet Dajjal before he accepted Islam, and he explained to Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam exactly what he saw. So Dajjal is alive, but when he comes before Qiyamah, he'll look like a young man, although he's elder than all of us. He's so old, but he looked like a young man. This is one of the primary qualities of the Jal, to make things look different. So he'll appear as a young man, despite being old, قطيت, he'll have curly hair. إِنَّهُ أَغْوَرُ الْعَيْنِ yumna. As far as his eye description is concerned, مَمْسُوحُ الْعَيْنِ His eyes will be, he'll be one-eyed. Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam said, let me tell you something about the Jal, that every Nabi that came into this world, he warned his ummah, Regarding the fitna of Dajjal, because Dajjal's fitna is so to say, the peak and the height of all fitna that will come on this earth. So he said, let me tell you some things. Every Nabi warned his ummah, but now definitely it's going to come in the time of Rasulullah because Dajjal has to appear before Qiyamah. And Nabi wasalam said, from the time of Adam salam till the time Qiyamah will take place, there is no fitna greater and more severe than the fitna of Dajjal. There are so many trials and tribulations we may be facing on a daily level, every day of our lives, but nothing more severe than the fitna of Dajjal. But then Nabi Wasallam said, let me tell you something regarding Dajjal that no other Nabi has informed his ummah. Number one, إِنَّهُ أَعْوَرُ Dajjal 
A'war when we translate, it refers to one-eyed. When people look at this literal translation of A'war, they fall into a misconception and think that Dajjal is a, like a human being with one eye in the center. He's got one eye in the center. No. Muhaddithin go on to explain, that's not the correct description of Dajjal. You cannot take a literal translation from a dictionary and say he has one eye and give off a misconception that this is how he's going to be. No. Dajjal will have like you and I, the place for two eyes, but one eye will be wiped out and the other eye will be defective. Because the one eye is wiped out, he appears to be one-eyed, but this will be his description. Number two, Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam says, he'll have an inscription on his forehead, which every mu'min, whether he's literate or illiterate, whether you can read Arabic or you can't read Arabic, Allah will make it clear and vivid to every believer. What will be inscribed on his forehead? Kaf, Fa, and Ra. Kafir. This, these three letters will be inscribed on his forehead. Everyone will be able to see. This is the second sign. And the third sign is, the third thing that Nabi Wasallam explained, is that he will, he, will, he will claim to be a god, but remember, no one, it's impossible for anyone, including a Nabi, to see Allah in this world. So if he's claiming to be a god, your god cannot be defective as far as his eyes are concerned. The God wouldn't have kafara written in his forehead. And if he's claiming to be a God, you cannot see your Allah in this world. These are three signs for you to understand that this person is an imposter. He'll travel the earth in a period of 40 days. Rasulullah said the first day will be like one year, the second day like a month, the third day like a week, and the remainder 37 days like the normal days of this world. This will be the description and this will be the nature of his fitna. There will be every single town that Dajjal will enter with the exception of Medina Munawwara and Makkah Mukarramah. He will be bringing people, his fitna will be so severe. The hadith of Nabi Wasallam says, when he moves, it will be a time of drought and famine. People will be suffering with difficulty. There will be a shortage of rain, there will be a shortage of crops. When he goes past any land, he will invite people to accept him as a god. You accept him, he'll command the sky and the rain will fall. He'll command the earth and the crops will grow. You accept him, you'll enjoy these benefits. You reject him and you'll be putting yourself into problems. Outwardly, you'll be suffering with hunger. Nabi Wasallam said he'll have a garden and a fire. But remember, the garden which he calls a garden is actually the fire of Jahannam. And the fire which he calls a fire is a garden from the gardens of Jannah. This, this will be his trial. He'll be called, when, when he'll move, the gold of the earth, the treasures of the earth will follow him like the bees follow a swallow, the queen bee, exactly like that the treasures of the earth will be moving behind him. His fear will be intense and severe. Yet respect the elders and friends. We also heard a little bit of the description of Dajjal now and prior to this. But what we wish to bring to your attention today is something that's also mentioned in this very same hadith. Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam in this hadith of Nawaz bin Sam'an, Sahaba radiallahu anhu were gripped with fear. They were frightened. They were taken aback when they heard about this, like anyone would be. Allah guard and protect our iman. Allah save and protect us from every fitna, including the fitna of Dajjal. It's something we all worried about, about ourselves, our children, our progenies to come. But Nabi Ali is seeing how worried these Sahaba were. After giving them all the equipment they needed to guard themselves against Dajjal, he mentioned one line. 
And this one line strikes so much of thought into every one of us. What did he say? غَيْرُ الدَّجَّالِ أَخْوَفُنِي عَلَيْكُمْ غَيْرُ الدَّجَّالِ أَخْوَفُنِي عَلَيْكُمْ Dajjal is someone to be feared, someone to be worried about. But he says, for my ummah, for my ummah, there are certain other affairs that, that I fear more than Dajjal. There are certain fitnas that are even worse than the fitna of Dajjal. غَيْرُ الدَّجَّالِ أَخْوَفُنِي عَلَيْكُمْ There are certain things, leave alone Dajjal. There are other affairs which make me more worried for my ummah. Now a question would run through our minds. What are those things that the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was more worried about for you and I than the fitna of Dajjal? So the muhaddithin, rahimahumullah, may Allah reward them. They've, they've scanned the ahadith from the beginning to the end. And wherever... Wording of this type had come before them. One of the greatest fears that I have for my ummah, they've singled them out, they've made a list of them. One which we wish to speak about today. One which we wish to speak about today, as narrated by Imam Bayhaqi rahimahullah. What did he say? Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, he quotes the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. What are those things that Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam had more fear for his ummah. He feared that fitna more than the fitna of Dajjal. Number one, إِنَّ أَخْوَفَ مَا أَخَافُ عَلَىٰ أُمَّتِي كُلُّ مُنَافِقٍ عَلِيمٍ لِسَانِ What I fear more is that hypocrite, that munafiq, who outwardly looks like your friend. He looks like he's on your side. He looks like he's your supporter. He's very articulate as far as his oratory skills are concerned. As far as his delivery is concerned, as far as giving off a message and riveting the crowd and rocking the listeners, he's extremely good. So he's showing you a wonderful front, but he has nothing but kufr and bad intentions in his heart for you more than Dajjal. Why? Dajjal will have clear descriptions via which every mu'min will read, this man is not a man to be followed. He'll have kafir written on his forehead. He'll have that eye which is defective. He'll have claims through which you can refute what he's saying. But this man looks to be your friend. He's a munafiq. He's showing one front, but he's hiding something else. It's very hard for you to smell the rat. It's very hard for you to pick up his trap to see what's going wrong. Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam is saying, this is one of the things I fear most. Now when we look into this hadith, muhaddithin explain, Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam is warning us regarding two things. There are two things here. Number one, we should be careful of falling into the trap of a munafiq, someone who's showing a good front, but meaning something else, meaning otherwise. And the second message is, Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam is warning us regarding the severity of nifaq, the severity of being a hypocrite, that this is a man I fear more than Dajjal for my ummah, so don't go in the company of such a person, and you and every ummati, be careful of these qualities creeping into your life. One sahabi radiallahu anhu, itabi'i explains, I met 70 sahaba radiallahu anhum, and every one of them had that fear of nifaq. I hope I'm not on that list. Umar radiallahu anhu, what did he say? During the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa people were judged, they were classed on the basis of wahi. You had a group of mu'mineen and you had a group of munafiqeen. You had a group of true believers and you had a group of people who were hypocrites. 
And Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam could identify because wahi came to him. So he could tell who was on which side of the fence. But he says now wahi has ended. We don't have that anymore. But Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, what did he do? This is not for looking and judging others. This is a meter for ourselves. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam he gave us a meter and he said, "Man kanat fihi arba'atu arba'atu khisalin kana munafiqan khalisa." Or kama qala sallallahu alayhi wasallam, there are four qualities via which everyone looks carefully into and asks himself, "Do I have these qualities within me? If this is in me, then Nabi alayhi salatu wasallam says, if four are in you, you are a genuine hypocrite. وَمَنْ كَانَتْ فِيهِ خَصْلَةٌ مِّنْهُنَّ كَانَتْ فِيهِ خَصْلَةٌ مِّنَ النِّفَاقِ حَتَّى يَدَعَهَا And if you have one of them, then you have some branch of hypocrisy lurking in your blood until you leave it out. Number one, إِذَا حَدَّثَ كَذَبًا When a man speaks, then there's lies that flow of his tongue. It's become habitual of him to lie. And he takes pride in lying at times. And every second statement that leaves his lips is only to do with lies. In whatever form it may be. And wherever it may be. Whether it be in the masjid. Whether it be at work. Whether it be at home. Whether it be with the family, with the wife and kids. But lies are coming out deliberately. Number two. وَإِذَا عَاهَدَ غَدَرَهُ When he gives his word, he makes a promise. Then he deliberately breaks that promise. He goes against the word that he gave. Number three, وَإِذَا أَتُمِنَ خَانَ When you entrusted him with something, he breaches that trust. He breaks that trust. He doesn't honor his word. He's got no sense of integrity. And number four, وَإِذَا خَاصَمَ فَجَرَ When he falls into an argument or a debate, instead of using his mind and thinking on his feet and using rationale, he resorts to vulgarity. He becomes vulgar. He begins swearing. There's a debate, there's a discussion. He's put into a corner and to get himself out rather than discussing like a man and a human being. He begins becoming vulgar. With whoever it is in whatever front. These are four qualities. Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam says, if these things are in you, Allah protect and forbid. You may be showing one front, but there's something else lurking in between. This is what Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam taught us. We need to be careful about once Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa passed through the marketplace. And as he walked past, there was a sahabi radiallahu anhu selling grain. And there was a huge heap of grain. The Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa walks past and he puts his hand into the grain. There was dry grain on the top and the grain on the inside was wet. So he pulled out the grain on the inside and he saw the grain is wet. He asked the shopkeeper, he asked the merchant, the trader, the businessman, what is this? So this man was honest, he was clear. He said, Ya Rasulullah, last night it rained. My grain was lying outside, it got wet. If I sell wet grain, no one will buy it. Because it cannot be stored. It's going to rot. Well, all I did was, I covered the wet grain with the dry grain, so that an entire heap can get sold. The Nabi Allah Wasallam made a statement. He laid down a law. And he made it clear, whether this is happening in business, whether it's happening in a marriage, whether it's happening at home, whether it's happening at work, anywhere, what did he say? Man minna. The one who deceives us, the one who cheats us, the one who cheats someone else. The Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam is saying, take it from me, laysa minna, you're not part of my group. You're not part of my group. It's a point to consider. 
when you're not part of the group of Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, you have to be belonging to some group or the other. So whose group do you belong to? If you're out of the group of Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, whose group do you belong to? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam's group, before nubuwat, his qualities were as-sadiq al-ameen. The truthful, the trustworthy. Before nubuwat. In nubuwat, obviously to a greater extent, these were the qualities of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, extremely truthful. So Nabi Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam extremely truthful, and he didn't want this at all. When you're not in this group, you're obviously in the group of someone else, and whose group is that? Let's analyze the word Dajjal. Dajjal comes from the word Dajjala, which means either to lie, or it means to mix things up. So this is the quality of this man. And understand there's a hadith, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam says, Dajjal wouldn't be allowed entry into Medina Munawara, but he'll wait outside Medina. He'll be waiting with his army and his group. And then there'll be three earthquakes, three tremors that will occur in Medina Munawara, as a result of which people will run out. Some will remain despite the earthquake, but others will run out thinking they'll be safer out of Medina. And who they'll run to? They'll run directly into the clutches of Dajjal. But the hadith says clearly, who'll run out? Kullu munafiqin. Everyone who has nifaq running in his blood, he'll be the one who'll run out. So you aren't part of Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam's group, you are part of the group of Dajjal and his followers. So respect the elders and friends, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam taught us clearly, he mentioned the hadith, the one who's truthful. He's truthful. He may not be on the musalla, he may not be an alim, he may not be a hafiz, but really he's got these great qualities of sidq and amanat. What did Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam say? At-tajir, as-saduq al-ameen. He's a tradesman, he's a businessman. But he's got these two found, you know, these two fundamental qualities. He's got truthfulness and amanat dari. What will be his reward? Ma'an nabiyyin wa siddiqin wa shuhadai wa salihin. Allah will group him with the anbiya on the day of qiyamah. Why? Because he's got these two fundamental qualities. Let us learn this for today, respectful elders and friends. The point that dif- differentiates a mu'min from a munafiq is the simple quality of truth. What's on the tongue is in the heart. What's on the outer is on, what's on the outside is on the inside. How a man is inside his home is exactly how he is outside his home. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala bless us with truth, with the truth and save and protect us from nifaq as well as every other fitna including the fitna of Dajjal. Wa akhiru da'wan alhamdulillah. The nikah to be performed. All nikah parties please come forward. Representative of the bride Muhammad Ali Sheikh Abdullah. Sasusna gave permission that the nikah may be performed and the two witnesses Muhammad Idris Sheikh Abdullah Haji Muhammad Bashir Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiruhu wa nu'minu bihi wa natawakkalu alayhi wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyati a'malina wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyati a'malina ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله أرسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا بين يدي الساعة من يطع الله ورسوله فقد رشد ومن يعص الله ورسوله فإنه لا يضر إلا نفسه ولا يضر الله شيئا اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم 
فقد قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم النكاح من سنتي وقال فمن رغب عن سنتي فليس مني أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والتسليم ونسأل الله ربنا أن يجعلنا ممن يطيعه ويطيع رسوله ويتبع رضوانه ويجتنب سخطه فإنما نحن به وله اللهم ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما بارك الله لك وبارك عليك وجمع بينكما في خير وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه نور عرشه سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين بي حزيفة بسا ودي وكالت in the representation of حسنة being her father محمد علي شيخ عبد الله and the two witnesses Muhammad Idris Sheikh Abdullah and Muhammad Bashir Ismail I hand over Husna Sheikh Abdullah in your nikah in exchange of the mahar dowry being gold jewelry to the value of 31600 rand do you accept Husna in your nikah after me nakahtuha wa qabiltuha wa tazawwajtuha barakallahu lakum wa baraka alaykum wa wajh mahar nikah is so simple is coming to mind one of the fools of our respected ustad is that mufti abdul jalil sahab qasim amal barakat who used to mention all these to us in nikah karna do rakat namaz to perform nikah and get married is like two rakats of namaz so we should try to have our nikahs as simple as possible encourage our youth who are of age and able to maintain and look after a wife as well we should encourage them to make nikah as well as quick as possible to avoid all the haram and fitna and zina that we see around us which is the result of all the harms bala and musibah that we see also happening around us you know what goes up the amal that go up are the conditions that come down so we should encourage our youth to make bismillah and start as well and get married as quick as possible inshallah ta'ala grant our children good homes bismillahirrahmanirrahim alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin wal aqibatu lil muttaqin was salatu was salam ala ashrafil anbiya يا ايها المرسلين سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى اله واصحابه اجمعين اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم ربنا هب لنا من ازواجنا وذرياتنا قره اعين واجعلنا للمتقين اماما بارك الله لكما وبارك عليكما وجمع بخير صلى الله تعالى على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى اله واصحابه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين شرد الحمدي ريكويستد افتر الصلاه اس كويك اس بوسيبل جو تو يور كاز اند ميك شور وي نوت باكينج اني بادي